0: Hi, this is Sergeant Betsy Brantner-Smith, and this is the NPA Report. I have with me today a a guy who I now get to call my friend, but uh, I've always called him a hero in the 20 years that uh, I've known about him, and I am so excited to introduce him to you if you don't know him. He's a fellow Arizonan. He's also a retired cop like me. He's an Air Force veteran. He uh, is the subject of... Uh, a book called The Burning Shield. He's a motivational speaker, and I think he's the only guy who travels more than I do. Jason Schechterly, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Betsy. I'm so happy to be here with you.
0: So, Jason, um, people here in Arizona know you as a Phoenix homicide detective, but you gained international fame back in 2001 because uh, you got into a crash at work let's talk about that
1: yeah a little minor car accident at work one day it was March 26 2001 and uh just like the old cliche that we always say had a boring routine day going on and I was about an hour and a half away from finishing my 10-hour shift and was on my way to a call stopped at a traffic light and I got rear-ended by a guy having an epileptic seizure he's doing 115 miles an hour Uh, on a 40 mile an hour downtown city street just unfathomable but uh, what I didn't know at the time I was sitting in basically uh, uh, a loaded piece of dynamite these Ford Crown Victorias when they get rear-ended they blow up and uh, that happened to me of course at that ridiculous speed but even with the burns all I had was two cracked ribs and a mile concussion so this Without the fire, very survivable. I was projected through the intersection and came to rest right in front of a fire truck. Just so many miracles, twists of fate, timing, and so many officers did not get that opportunity. I think that we we had a lot here. We lost two state troopers and a Chandler police officer and had by accident in the span of four years in these rear and fuel fed fires. And now we're at the cars aren't made anymore, but they are 33 police officers killed and countless civilians that, you know, do not get their story talked about like we do when we're on the job.
0: Well, and I remember, you know, I was a young cop then as well. And, you know, we loved those cars. I mean, they were roomy, they were fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, so your accent, which was just, um, you know, 20 years ago, things didn't go viral per se, but it was every cop in the country knew about your crash, knew what happened, and and yet a lot of people didn't want to talk about it. And a big part of your story is you didn't sit down and shut up, did you?
1: Not at all. You know, even from day one, when I, I mean, I spent two and a half months in a coma. I spent five months in the hospital. A lot of therapy, a lot of figuring out. I had two young kids at the time. I had to completely relearn or learn this new new life. You know, at the time I I I thought I had lost my job. I was still a father, though. But very quickly, when I started to learn about these crashes, and I want to go back to something you said, you're right. I wish Ford would have stood up and said, you know what? There's a defect in these cars and we're going to fix them. because look at this guy. He was hit at 115 miles an hour and all he had was a concussion and two cracked ribs. He goes home a couple hours later. But instead, we were just numbers on a piece of paper, of course, in big corporate America. And it's I think the reason my story. Yeah, I can't imagine today with uh, how crazy social media is. Back then it was just kind of getting started, but you had the Internet, but you could finally see it and it's easy to talk about somebody in the past tense they're they're gone and you tend to talk about their families or something else well all of a sudden i figured out you know what I, regardless of how you look and how you feel about it and i mean i could win a beauty contest today compared to 20 years ago it was really really bad but i i felt like i owed it all those people who died didn't get a fire truck in the intersection. They deserved it just as much as I did. So now I have to be their face and their voice and talk about this.
0: So Jason, now you travel all over the country and um, and you motivate not just police officers, um, but all kinds of people. What are Who are some of your favorite audiences to talk to?
1: Oh, wow. You know... Believe it or not, my favorite audiences are are not cops because you know cops are. And God, I, of course, I I live and breathe. I still feel like I'm a I'm a cop. It's it's who you are, right? It's not what you do. It's who you are forever. But cops are so type A and oh, I'm tough and I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to cry. That's all BS. I mean, I love to be vulnerable. I love to laugh. I love to. So I like to share with. Uh, of course, the medical community. I will First and foremost, I want these people to know the fruits of your labor. Even if you see somebody in the emergency room for just eight minutes, you do not know what 20 years later is going to bring. I end up having a third child after the accident who's now grown up playing college baseball. His life shouldn't even exist. And all the nurses and doctors that worked on me, I try as often as I can to go back and show them. Pictures tell stories. Say, look, what you did matters. So I love talking to them, but I also love even going to like a Fortune 500 company in in Manhattan, and you know you walk into this room with everybody in three thousand dollar suits, are all driving Mercedes and BMWs, and you know they got big houses on Long Island. Well, guess what? They all have a story too. Life happens to all of them, and it's awesome to watch the transformation over my hour long presentation so I just I I can't tell you how much I I love it
0: well and one of the most amazing parts of your story Jason is you certainly could have just uh uh you know you you had to go through a long recovery um but you certainly could have retired but you got declared fit for duty and went back and and had a career that included retiring as a homicide detective right I did and you know. That's one of the most important
1: moments in my recovery, I was in the hospital, I was blind, and my chief of police, a gentleman named Harold Hurt at the time, went on to, after he left here, he went on to Houston PD. He came into my hospital room, and again, I'm blind, and I'm a huge chain of command person. You mentioned I was in the Air Force, you know, starting at 18, and then to become a cop. I am a huge, huge chain of command person. So he walks in and introduces himself. And of course, I'm like, wow, the chief of police is here. And he said, Jason, I've got in one hand your badge and in one hand your oath of office. And I'm going to leave them here to let them know that you will be a cop as long as you choose, not as long as we choose. And I hear so many terrible stories across the country of people getting pushed out after a certain amount of time. They gave me... All the time I needed all the support I needed, and when I was ready, and the doctor said I could, and the police department welcomed me back with open arms, yes, I went back to work it was 18 months after the accident.
0: That's just extraordinary. And what you know you were you were raising kids, you had always wanted to be a cop. Hmm. Um, what was the ultimate motivation for you? to get back and do the job that you know caused you to be so uh damaged in the first place you know what was that motivation to get back what what were you feeling
1: well even in my darkest hours again I was blind so that darkness which was the most claustrophobic terrifying thing ever but in your moments alone your moments of pain your moments of fear and wondering and all that anxiety that comes with this. I always knew I'm still Jason, I am a father and I am a Phoenix police officer. It's who I am, those three things. And no fire can take that away, no, I'm not gonna blame some, you know, too many people, you know this, too many people just wanna be a victim. And, oh, this happened to me and it ruined my life. I was 28 years old. And yes, it would have been very easy to just say, all right, uh, um, let's call it good. Had a good run and just fade away. And there, I, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to get back. I had no idea I'd get to where I'm at today. I really didn't. I, I just kept trying to put one foot in front of the other. And then when I have my bad days, I took those and I'd, I'd rebuild again and pretty soon you you know that that saying there's your front windshield's a lot bigger than your rear view mirror for a reason and the things behind us keep getting farther away and the things in front of us keep coming more into focus
0: now you're the subject of a book called burning shield and uh, it's a fascinating book um, tell me how that came to be
1: wow I... You know, I actually, it was eight years and three authors, and I went through the whole process kind of humbly chuckling, like, you're really going to have a book written about you? This is kind of ridiculous. But the last person who wanted to do it, Landon Napoleon, just a fantastic writer, wrote 14 books at the time. One was turned into a movie. And what I love about his idea and why we went with it, there's so much I don't know about my own story. Because I don't remember the accident. I didn't see it. I didn't feel it. I didn't hear it. I didn't do anything. And then I was in the hospital for a very long time. Well, he went and spent hours and hours and hours with everybody involved. You, I mean, every firefighter, paramedic, police officer, doctor, nurse, my wife, my kids, my dad, you name it. He talked to them and... It's all of their stories that is what he put on display. And it turned out to be just an amazing book. I'm very proud of it. And you know, now I'm a horrible marketer. So it's not like i sold a million copies because I don't even I half time forget to tell people. But it's a great legacy that someday my grandkids are gonna read and you know, hopefully some things police officers that are young now will will read it and and Learn the history of their department, things like that. So I'm very proud of the book. It's uh, it's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble.
0: A big part of um, your story is really the, and I don't want to belabor it too much, but the fight that that you had to get into um, to get really get Ford Motor Company to admit that this car had a and cars like it had a problem was you know talk about that a little bit.
1: had a lot of great people on my team i had a a great attorney that that had already dealt with the loss of a trooper in florida and a trooper in louisiana both state troopers skip Fink and juan cruz here in arizona so he he was very knowledgeable on the subject and then we had uh just some really high profile people wanting to get involved and again ford it, there's 350,000 crown Vics on the road at the time between police cars, taxi cabs. So to say, you know, 20 people have died. Well, they're like, you know, what do they care about that, right? It was, it was just a horrible thing. But I testified in front of the New York State Senate, uh, the Texas House of Representatives. I went to NHTSA in Washington, D.C., and I just did everything I could. Again, I, it, when you have to look at this, it's a whole different ballgame. We're not talking about somebody dying and being in a cemetery somewhere and their spouse has a flag at home. You have to look at this and you have to hear my voice and understand the damage that you're doing out there. And uh, Ford just, I I just think they got tired of it. They quit making the cars in 2011. I still see them once in a while, usually taxi cabs. I don't think too many police departments have anymore, but the the rear and fuel-fed fires did come to an end.
0: Yeah, thank God. I think uh, I hope that young law enforcement officers realize that uh, a lot of them are alive today because of you. We needed to get rid of those cars. <clears throat> they were very popular. Yeah. Um, but they were very deadly, and and your accident and those other accidents occurred at a time again where the internet was very new um you know we didn't have the uh means of communication that we have now you know we had to read about your story in um things called magazines yeah and and a newspaper,
1: god forbid on <laughs> sunday yeah that's when my story would come out was the sunday paper
0: <laughs> exactly so um, your persistence um was just incredible and and yet you had to do that at a time where you had to be a pretty exhausted guy trying to recover uh from that crash and go back to work
1: yeah well you know I was I was that young gung-ho naive like a lot of people I'm going to go out and I'm going to change the world I'm going to at least change in my community for the better and then this happened and I did get an opportunity and I'm very proud to look back now you know I didn't pay attention as I was going through it I just Realized I had a fight on my hands, not only my own recovery, but a fight against Ford and to educate all these departments and make them understand that they are driving around in some very dangerous vehicles. And it actually, during looking back on it now, it was a big part of my recovery because it made me strong. It made me start traveling and eat and exercise and gain weight again and try to get back in shape. But also now, all these years later, it's just something I'm very proud to say, you know what? We collectively, a lot of, so many people did just so much advocacy and it did make a difference and you will not see, or at least a police officer from a vehicle look like me.
0: Absolutely. Now, Jason, you the Phoenix Police Department um, treated you Very well, and I was so glad when I I learned about that but that doesn't always happen when officers are catastrophically injured. um, Whether it's physically or emotionally, and you know that as well so you and I got involved in something um, together that is trying to change that and that is the wounded blue. We both now sit on the board. Can you talk about that and some of your hopes. For, for the organization moving forward?
1: Yeah, I am so excited. I'm really honored that you and I got, we started on the board together. So uh, hopefully we'll have a lot of great years of making some changes. But this organization to me is unique in the sense that they are covering all aspects of officer wellness. We've got the physical side, of course, that you can see, you've got the Things are being talked a lot more now about the mental, emotional, spiritual side and the toll that it takes on officers. And obviously the suicide rate is mind blowing to me compared to what it was even just when I was new. And you go back to like the 80s, 70s, it wasn't happening. And I don't know what it is about today. I can only guess a lot of it has to do with social media and the rhetoric and the politics and all the the stuff. But the wounded blue is just, going to be there kind of no matter what you're going through you once we are able to educate again that's going to be our job right traveling around we got to educate officers when they're new because right now in this in this country there are thousands of police officers in academies and they need to know at the beginning of their career so that in 20 and 25 years when they look back and say you know what I need some help in in some areas or if they go through you know an injury like mine i was lucky and that's this is part of my fight phoenix was so good to me took such good care of me let me come back to work and be a product not just show up to work i was a homicide detective i was doing productive work but i i have my heart broken all the time as i travel around the country i hear horrible stories about officers with much Less injuries than mine, and they are just cast aside. And I, 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 it's not something I can relate to. My big city didn't do it. Why is your city or department or town doing it? And the Wounded blue will be there for those people. So I'm super, super excited. Randy Sutton, God love him for creating this and thinking of it. He's just one of the greatest people I know. And we have a we have a wonderful board. Uh, our peer support program is off the charts. And you, like me, you've seen a lot of organizations and there's a lot of great organizations in this country. Most of them are very specific to maybe one thing, uh, you know, maybe a fatality or, uh, maybe a financial something. The wound of glue is going to circle the wagons on anything that a police officer needs. And I can't wait to be a part of it.
0: Absolutely. And I, I think especially now, because this, this almost two years now of vilific- vilification of American law enforcement, for no good reason, <clears throat> is starting to take its toll on not just senior police officers, but like you said, the new ones who are in the academy or coming out of the academy. They're not even sure, wow, should I be doing this? And then to to, to go out and wonder, geez, am I gonna be, not only am I gonna be hurt, am I gonna be, you know, this or that, am I gonna get indicted? Am I gonna go to jail for doing my job? So like you said, our suicide rate is out of control. We're trying to get a handle on that. And, uh, And I think these organizations, you know, like the Wounded Blue can do a whole lot of good. And I'm glad, I'm glad to be on board with you, Jason, so much. Jason, where can people find you, your speaking business? Um, Where can they find you on social media?
1: Hi, it's super easy to find. And I'm the only one who answers all my stuff. So uh, my website is burningshield.com. The book is Burning Shield. I'm on LinkedIn, Jason Schechterly, Instagram and Twitter at Schechterly Jace. And uh, once you learn how to spell my last name, you're going to have a very easy time finding me, but... Yeah, I love coming out and speaking, doing, uh, super excited. I'm going to the Missoula, Montana Police Department in a couple weeks to do two four-hour blocks to their entire department. It's going to be outstanding. And that's, it's just what I love to do. So uh, please reach out.
0: Jason, thank you so much. Thanks for spending time with us today. And if you would like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org.